0: The block, and that's what's hot in the, in the streets right here on Hot 97.
1: Yeah. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio, hosted by Lisa Evers. Like
2: you gotta be high and drunk sometimes,
0: you, say, you know. Look. <laughs> here we go. Same most. I'm uh. saying more, f- I don't need saying more, say it, say it, say it. Same more, f- same more, feel it. Let me get faded. Yeah. Turn the mic on while I get faded. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, let me get faded.
3: And that's Faded by the Locks. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. We're talking about the debate over legalizing marijuana and what it means to you. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, and on Instagram Live, Lisa Evers Live. We're using the hashtag 420 for this show. Millions of Christians around the world are celebrating Easter today, and many others of the Jewish faith are observing the Jewish holy days of Passover. But there's another holiday that's being celebrated that has nothing to do with any organized religion. It's called 420, also known as Cannabis Christmas and National Smokeout Day. There are 420 events all over the city and country. The 420 name, by the way, from what I was able to find out about, um, according to legend, comes from a group of teens in California in the 1970s who would smoke weed after school at 420 every day. It's not clear yet if they graduated or got the degrees. We don't know that. Um, But that's what the legend has it. We're not advocating smoking marijuana with the show, and we did reach out to people who are absolutely against legalization of marijuana in any form, but they were unable to be with us on the show. We are focusing on this to bring you up to speed on the laws and how they can affect you. Decriminalization, which we hear about here in New York, apparently does not mean you can't get arrested. We're going to explain about that. Right now 20 states plus the District of Columbia have passed laws that allow people to use marijuana with a doctor's recommendation. Only two states, Colorado and Washington, have legalized marijuana for recreational use. But there's um, still a catch. Marijuana is still technically illegal under federal law. We're going to find out what all of this means. For you from our panel, we're going to take your calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. What do you think about legalizing marijuana across the country? Yes or no and why? Give us a call right now, one 800 223 9797. That's 1 800 223 9797. On Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at street underscore soldiers, and use the hashtag 420. Joining us in studio is Casey Gain McCalla. He is currently a musician and journalist with um, recording artist signed with Dubshot Records. He was arrested for using marijuana in 2007 and had to leave his teaching job. We're gonna hear his story. Casey, thanks for being with
0: us. How you doing, Lisa? Thanks so right, much for having you? me on.
3: Thanks for being with us, we appreciate it. Also with us is Nick Hentoff. He's a criminal defense and civil rights trial attorney. He is the founder of Criminal Justice Advocates, Inc. and a lifetime member of the Normal Legal Panel. Normal is the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. Nick, thank you so much for being with us.
4: Thank you, Lisa.
3: We really appreciate it. And also with us on the phone is uh, Patrick Mohan. He's a former DEA agent. He now works for Privateer Holdings. It's a private equity company that uh, buys legal marijuana businesses, and I want to thank all of you for for being with us here Um, this morning. Casey, I want to start with you. What happened to you?
0: Well, um, I was working as a teacher in the Bronx. I had a long day, so I decided after work to go get some marijuana to relax. Also, I had a um, Rastafarian roommate who was in med school at the time, so I like to Bring him some some marijuana sometimes when we smoke together. So I was at the what you call the weed spot, which is usually an area outdoors where people buy marijuana. This one was in Washington Heights. I bought my marijuana from whatever cross streets. I'm not going to shout them out. It actually was smart enough to—I walked around the block. I had my Columbia jacket. I went to Columbia University, so I had a bright blue Columbia jacket on. And I walked around, came back, and I went to the store, I think, to get a, a, a blunt and a drink. And a cop just ran, run, ran me up, tackled me, pushed me into the um, the chips, the aisle with the chips or whatever you have, and just started uh, patting me down, like searching for what it is. And I was, actually, I, I put the marijuana in my wallet because I moved it out the pocket, but they knew what pocket I had it in. So it was like, yo, left pocket, left pocket, but I moved it. And then I think he felt my wallet and my face just went... And he knew I had it. They got it. And so they put me in the paddy wagon, put the cuffs on me, and drove me to the precinct. Might have spent like four hours in the precinct, a whole bunch of pretty much young men of color all in a all in a cell, passing around cigarettes. And then after they had me there for like three hours, four hours, they brought me to... um the tombs, essential central booking. And what did they charge you with? Just marijuana possession. For for those who know, it was a dub and a dime. It was maybe 1.5 gram worth of marijuana, so just marijuana possession. So, yeah, for one. point. So you go through the system. Worth, you go through the system. And well, I was scared, because it was my first time being arrested in New York. I was scared that it would have been like the movies and it would have been like colors, but it was a bunch of young men of color like me on similar charges, working class people, not criminals or anything. It was a whole bunch of people just like me.
3: And how did you come to lose your teaching job behind that?
0: So what, what happens with it is you get fingerprinted when you start working for the DOE. And if you have uh, uh, any any sort of criminal charge, like if it's drinking in public or um, anything, it goes to the DOE. And then you can't. Get your job back. or You can't work with children. So
3: they found know. out that you were arrested.
0: They found out that I was arrested. When they Correct. did the
3: fingerprint ch- check on you. All right. right. We're going to talk about how that changed your life. 1-800-223-9797. Today is 420. We're talking about the state of marijuana laws. Do you think it's time for it to be legalized for medicinal purposes and recreational purposes? Or just medicinal? Or are you totally opposed? Give us a call right now. one eight hundred two two three. 223 Ninety-seven, ninety-seven. That's one eight hundred two two three, ninety-seven, ninety-seven. Hit us up on Twitter at Street underscore Soldiers at Lisa Evers hashtag four twenty. Patrick Moen you were a DEA agent. You used to bust drug uh, drug rings and arrest marijuana dealers. What made you decide to leave the DEA and go on the other side?
5: Oh well, well, part of it was just uh, looking for a new career opportunity, but but a big part of it was. Uh, of seeing the failed policy of prohibition particularly marijuana prohibition uh, the it just was a terrible and ineffective use of free police resources
3: Nick Hentoff, uh, criminal defense attorney and civil rights trial attorney, I was surprised when you told me when we talked on the phone, 99% of first-time marijuana arrests result in just dismissals.
4: Well, actually, what happens in, uh, in New York City, and these patterns are consistent throughout the, uh, the boroughs, throughout the counties. But in Manhattan, in New York County, the district attorney's office has an, a 2% declination rate for criminal cases. That means 98% of the cases that are submitted for prosecution. Are, they, they go forward with the charges. Now, when you're talking about the misdemeanor marijuana charges and other misdemeanors, these cases very rarely go to trial. One uh, percent of the cases go to trial, but almost all of them wind up in one way or another being dismissed. They have a standard offer for a personal possession, which is a violation in New York State. Um, If it's in your pocket and they uh, arrest you and they uh, make you take the contents out of the pocket, it's supposed to be a non-criminal violation. And what's happening is that uh, New York City police are ordering people to take stuff out of their pocket. If there's marijuana in there, it's no longer in their pocket. It's now in public view. So they charge them with the criminal misdemeanor, which is completely improper. And they've been told not to do it by Commissioner Kelly, but they still are doing it. Okay, one eight hundred two two three
3: ninety seven ninety seven. We're talking about the marijuana laws. Is it time to change them? Is it time to make it legal? Or are you completely opposed to legalization of marijuana? in any kind. Last week we did a show on heroin and the heroin abuse situation and we had drug counselors up here that were saying a lot of the people on heroin started out with marijuana. So is it a gateway drug that can you lead to ruin? Is it something that can help people that are suffering with terminal illnesses and anxiety disorders? Is it something that's less harmful than alcohol? We've all seen what happens when people have too much liquor, the drunk driving accidents, the fights, the shootings, the things that happen. On that, you know, in that arena. Give us a call at 1 800 223 9797. That's 1 800 223 9797. Twitter at Lisa Evers at street underscore soldiers and hashtag 420. Patrick, how do you see? So when you were with the DEA, did you you, you saw these marijuana arrests and were just like, this is not, this is just not worthwhile?
5: Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, the resources. <clears throat> of DEA are, are much better focused on the uh, so-called hard drugs uh at any, any time spent uh, investigating marijuana offenses were, was a complete waste and uh you know we we've seen some progress in the federal government's position t- you know towards cannabis prohibition but there's still a long ways to go and and DEA has, has been dragged uh, kicking and screaming so far hopeful things are going to get better in the next few years
3: and what's the, what's the atmosphere you're in are you in Washington or you're in oregon
5: uh, i 'm in seattle washington
3: in Seattle Washington so what is it, tell us what you 're doing now
5: so now i 'm working for uh, Privateer holdings, which is a, a private equity firm that uh, is focused on uh, acquiring and uh, developing uh, cannabis businesses uh, we 're really focused on um, uh, growing this industry and helping to uh, bring it more in line with with the uh, the mainstream. Uh, we have a number of uh, of uh, holdings. Uh, a, a prime example is is leafly dot com, which is uh, part of our portfolio. It's a uh, a website. Uh, it gets about four million hits a month where uh, it's uh, users, it's kind of crowdsourced reviews of cannabis strains, of dispensaries. Uh, you have the ability to find uh, local doctors that are, uh, will help prescribe. And it, it's really uh, clean and professional and mainstream, and, and that's where we think this industry is headed. That's what's key to the success of this industry in the future is, is mainstream acceptance.
3: And as a, former, as a former law enforcement officer, what do you think of where the federal laws are now?
5: because well, I mean, the, the federal law, law cuz it's
3: illegal even though it's and this I don't quite understand and, and I hope Nick can help us with this too. The um the federal law it's still illegal but in Washington state and in the state of Colorado it's legal. So if you're in Colorado and you're buying legal weed for recreational use and you go out of state do you then break the law?
5: Well, if you carry it out, out over the state lines um you're breaking the law, of course. But I mean, technically, you're breaking the law in Colorado anyway, federal law. Uh, you know, the federal government's position is that we've never focused on these low-level offenses anyway, and the fact that we're going to kind of tolerate uh, small-time personal possession in these states where it's legal is not a change in our policy. Um, so it's kind of an informal tolerance. Of, of this experiment in democracy where these, these several states are trying to uh, are trying something new and they're seeing success so far uh, but officially nothing's changed at the, in the federal level uh, marijuana is still a schedule one narcotic which is the uh, highest classification reserve for drugs with no medical benefit and highest potential for abuse It's uh, it's just nonsensical to maintain this policy.
3: All right, Nick, what about the uh, it, what he was saying with it? Federally, it's still illegal, here's, but it's legal in the
4: state. He, Could, here's the conflict in a nutshell. In the United States, you have two tiers of laws. You have state laws and federal laws. Uh, if the federal laws conflict with the state laws, the federal laws are supposed to take precedence over the state laws. With respect to drug regulation and drug law enforcement, the DEA is responsible for drug regulation enforcement in two ways. One is scheduling drugs so that doctors can administer them through prescriptions and hospitals. Uh, And the other is law enforcement. With respect to law enforcement, the federal drug laws are very severe. There are mandatory minimums that are in place where people who are not high-level drug dealers are subjected to Ninety-nine year sentences, sometimes life sentences, uh, in the federal system, as Patrick can testify to. Uh, you have a situation where people who are the big drug dealers often get less sentences than the low-level mules who don't have any information to trade for a better plea deal. Now, with respect to Schedule One, uh, it, the problem is that this Schedule One now prevents. People who are want to use medical marijuana if they have cancer, if they have other drugs in which it can help them, they cannot do it because doctors will not prescribe it because they'll lose their DEA license. Now, When you have a conflict between state and federal law, um, something called the Tenth Amendment, which says that if it's not in the federal law, then the states have a right to pass their own laws. And there was a Supreme Court case called Rach v. United States, which held that the Tenth Amendment uh, did not apply in this case and that Congress had the right to regulate the sale and possession of marijuana within a given state. The key test is whether there's interstate commerce. What's peculiar is that just a few years before, the Supreme Court had passed a case called Lopez, in which they ruled that Congress could not regulate guns on school grounds because it did not impact interstate commerce. They're very inconsistent opinions, and, but it's, the Supreme Court has ruled on that. And they've said that the feds have a right to prosecute uh, a- activities. That are perfectly legal under state law. That's the essential concept. So it's
3: still a gray area. So, so Patrick, in terms of what you're doing and and trying to do this according to the law, that's got to present questions and issues, especially for these businesses that are trying to do it legit.
5: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a it's still a risky environment. Uh, you know, we've had some guidance from the federal government, uh, both on the banking side and and on the criminal side, given us given the industry some. Minor assurances that they're going to be free from interference for the federal government, but it's still a risky endeavor, um, and uh, we have to really be careful about how we proceed. Uh, you know, com- 100% compliance is absolutely essential, and the way we look at it is that this is this is our game to win or lose. At this point, it's up to uh, private industry to step up and to establish uh, a strict regimen that's going to ensure that we're not going to run afoul of any rules or regulations, that there's no abuse, there's no abuse of the system, there's no diversion, and, and uh, those are the key elements that are going to be needed in order for this new uh, kind of regime to succeed.
4: All right,
3: Patrick Mullen, former DEA agent now uh, with Privateer Holdings, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Let's go to some phone calls, one eight hundred, two two three ninety seven ninety seven. Let's go to Rathasia from uh, Newark. Rathasia, hi, you're on hot ninety seven. Go right ahead.
6: How you doing? Um, I was calling because I think they should legalize weed.
3: Okay. And why do you think okay, that? Okay,
6: um because um they say weed is is not good for you, but I think it's much better than drinking because Weed, all it does is make you think more, you know? It gets you aware. Why would you want to drink when, you know, it brings the bad side out of you? You got people that's, that's drinking and driving and they're killing people.
3: All right. Thank you very much for that. We really appreciate it. Let's go to Mike from Long Island. Mike, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
2: Lisa. What's up, ma? What's going a, on? Uh, How you doing? Big fan. Thank I you. I listen all the time. I see you on TV. I love your issues. I love what you do.
3: Appreciate that. Thanks for the love.
2: All right, cool. <clears throat> I'm calling in on your top. Well, first of all, Happy Easter. <laughs> Thank you. But according to our topic right now is Happy 420. You know what I mean? Yep. But um, the only thing I wanted to say, you know, the the gentleman that you just had on, they were absolutely right that even in the states where it's technically legal, it's still illegal to federal law. But I was told that the 420 thing, because I heard what you said before, that it came from uh, a bunch of guys that went out of high school and smoked. I was told the 420 thing actually is came from the police. Like when somebody gets killed, they call it 187. I heard when they have a call that involves marijuana, they call it four
3: twenty. All right, we'll see if any, maybe maybe in California, we'll find we'll find out. Thank you very, thank you very much. One eighty seven was. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. We appreciate. It. Um, let's go to, uh, let's go to Shane from Brooklyn right now. Shane, hi. You're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead.
7: What's going on? We happy well, Easter. Happy four twenty. Um, I just got to say, you know, I've been arrested seven times for uh, smoking weed. And every time that you get arrested, you know you you go through the court systems, you know you 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 have to take days off from work you you know you, you you take time out of your life to 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 what get a slap on the wrist to to you to you getting one year probation and then now you want to look for a different job, and then when you look for a different job, they they do a criminal background check, and then they see that you smoke weed. and then what happens? then you don't get the job, right? So, like, you know, what I gotta say about this is, you know, you're wasting all this time, that, like the government and and the states of arresting these people when they really should be out arresting the rapists. Okay, and the okay, okay, but be out arresting everybody else that, like, you know, robs people's houses. But Shane, but some, but, I got robbed. Right, and but I do. I went to go smoke weed and I got arrested.
3: But some people but, would say yeah. you were arrested seven times for doing something that whether it's harmful or not harmful isn't the point. The point is, it's still illegal in New York. So after the first couple times, did you just did you say, wait a minute, this just isn't worth the aggravation? This isn't worth having a potential record? This isn't worth being in the system?
7: I mean, yeah, that does come through, you know, your mind, you know, like growing up, you know what I mean? And, you know, if you can make those life decisions, you know. I really don't think that smoking weed is a bad thing. I really honestly don't. Honestly, I think, you know, if you smoke weed, it calms you down, it makes you feel good. You know, I understand that people say that it's a gateway drug, but at the same instance, it's those people's choices to to go down that path. If you want to smoke crack, I mean, that's probably where you grew up. That's probably what's been around you. You know what I mean? Like, I have a very successful job. I've been around good people my whole life. Like, All I do is smoke weed and I drink. That's it, straight up. That's all I do. I don't hurt nobody. I don't go out robbing nobody. I mean, like, these are my life decisions. People's life decisions that, you know, they're, they're out there causing these crimes and they're doing, like, drugs and all that stuff. Like, that's their choice.
3: A different thing. All right, well, thank you. Thank you so much for the call, Shane. We appreciate it.
7: Thank you very much.
3: All right, thank you. Let's go to Julio from New Jersey right now. Um, Julio, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
1: Hi, uh, I just wanted to say, listen, I'm a recovering... Uh alcoholic and addict and uh i don't agree with the legalization of marijuana i i totally think it's a gateway drug and you know i don't think you'd want your kids to come home and say look dad or mom you know it's legal now um you know it's all right for me to use it It, it's totally a gateway drug and it leads to uh you know worse things in the future is that what happened uh, is that
3: are you saying that's what happened to you
1: that's exactly what happened to me me and many others
3: so you started. You started with marijuana, and then what happened?
1: And uh, it, you know, it led into uh, stronger things from there. And for years, I struggled with it. And uh, you know, thank God. that nowadays, I'm clean. I got God in my life, you know. And uh, that, that's how I got clean. But that's going to be that's that's going to be you know, if you legalize it, that's what's going to happen to many kids and many people that have that gene. You know what I mean? That gene that. A, predisposed to being alcoholics or addicts for the rest of their life you know you you get them you you let them you legalize it and now you're you're opening the floodgates for many kids to do this i totally disagree with the legalization of it and the use of it nowadays all right julio thank you go back if i can go back and uh and never use it i would have never have done it
3: all right thank you very much for the call we appreciate it let's bring in right now uh Evan Neeson from New Jersey, normal, but we're talking to him. He's in Colorado, calling us in uh, from Colorado. Evan, hi, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me on. We appreciate you being on Hot 97 Street Soldiers. So what is the atmosphere like in Colorado right now?
6: <laughs> well, it's early, so <laughs> yes. it's only 7.20, so, so I do apologize, uh, sorry. Uh, and, the, and not as chippery as usual. Um, but... But you know, I speak to people from Colorado, uh some people on the street for instance, you know, I was uh, at a bar yesterday and I was talking to some people um who don't smoke marijuana, who are in, some are from Colorado, some who are. Uh and, and the most uh, common response I get is that nothing has changed for the average person here, uh, other than you have know, the tax revenue and the economic benefits. Um but marijuana distribution uh is, you know, pretty prevalent all over the country, whether it's an illegal state or not. Uh, and the only difference is here, it's regulated and the tax benefits from it.
3: Let me ask you this because uh, you just, I hope you were able to hear the call, Julio, um, who had called in a, a recovering addict. He said that he feels if marijuana was legalized everywhere that we would it would open the floodgates to a new wave of addiction, particularly among young people. What do you say to that?
6: Uh, it's not true uh, i don't I don't believe it's true. Um, I hear these stories a lot, and I feel bad for them um, because your drugs certainly have d- downsides thirty eight large downsides. Um, but if there is a gateway in effect of marijuana, it's caused by prohibition. Um, so what happens is people ha- have their black market marijuana dealer uh, and through them have a connection to the black market that can then upsell them to harder drugs. Um, so I wouldn't use his story. Uh, as a reason not to legalize marijuana because his story is actually an example of prohibition failing. You know, that, that happened during these current laws, uh, so I wouldn't use that story as an excuse to perpetuate the currently failed law.
3: And what about the minimum age in Colorado, is there in Washington, is there a minimum age to buy yes, it? Yes,
6: absolutely. Absolutely. It's 21, uh, just like alcohol. Uh, if stores get caught uh, selling to people underage, they get their license taken.
3: All right, and then what about and then the state of New Jersey? Now we heard that the uh, n- New Jersey is now allowing medical marijuana um, legal. You know they've, they've made that legal, but there's a little bit more to that story because people are not having access to it, or there's a time lag. Or tell us what's happening in Jersey.
6: Right. So the uh, the New Jersey medical marijuana law passed uh, right before Christie took office. Literally the morning before he was sworn in. Um, and Chris Christie has said uh, since then that if he was governor at the time, he would not have signed the law. Um, and he has, in my opinion, uh, intentionally blocked it pretty much every step of the way. Uh, a good example is in the statute, we're supposed to have a minimum of six dispensaries two in the north, two in the central, two in the south. Uh, the first six are supposed to be nonprofit, and then after the sixth, it would be allowed to, uh, open to for profit. Uh, but Chris Christie has said that he interprets that to mean a maximum of six. Uh, and he's the only person that I, I've known uh, to interpret it. So they're very clear statute language to, to mean that.
3: All right. So, where do you, where do you see uh, the laws going? Do you see anything happening in New Jersey in the near future?
6: Yeah, I think we'll get some, some very minor, um, positive changes to the medical marijuana program under the current governor. Uh, other than that, we're waiting for for this governor to leave, uh, and one with a little bit more foresight to come in so we can work with him on, uh, both industry spending the medical marijuana program, decriminalizing marijuana to stop the 22,000 arrests every year, uh, and eventually legalizing, taxing, and regulating, uh, marijuana
3: for adults all right Evan Neeson of uh, New Jersey Normal thank you so much for being with us and uh you know enjoy your stay in Colorado we appreciate it
6: thank you for having me
3: on all right thank you thank you thank you very much let's uh take we have a lot of calls from people with legal cases and uh since we have Nick here I'd like to take advantage of his expertise Tim from the Lower East Side what's going on hello hello Tim you're on Hot 97 go right ahead
7: how are you doing today? All right, how are Happy you? Easter to you. God bless. Um, so nice to hear your voice. Um, yes, I have an issue that um, as I was going on my way home, two police officers had stopped and frisked me and dug in my pockets. They didn't ask me for ID or nothing. I was coming from my aunt's house. So I dug in my pockets from east side, pulled out a bag of marijuana and they brought me upstairs. My aunt said, yeah, that's my nephew. So they couldn't tr- charge me with no trespassing or nothing. Then next thing I know, he said he's going to write me a death ticket. So we go to the police station, and the officer says, I have bad news for you. that they uh, Upstate, they denied me. I had a little previous uh, situation before that. But what happened was I know that once he typed up my paperwork, he seen since I had another situation, that's when he lied on the paperwork. So how can you go from stopping frisking me, taking stuff out of my pocket? I wanted to uh, try to renew my security license, so I had to get a dispossession letter, and that's when I found out what the officer put down on the paperwork. He wrote that I was burning in the public view, and he took a bag of marijuana out of my right hand, which is totally false. And I'm still, I have to go back to court for that case, and this happened since last June. So I had to plead not guilty because I didn't, wasn't burning nothing in no public view. This officer's totally lying.
3: And was this in New York you know? City or was this upstate, you said?
7: This is 9th Precinct, right here on Lower East Side. Lower East Side of Jose Manhattan. Jose Rodriguez is his name. Jose Rodriguez. Okay, we, okay, okay. N- Tim, Tim, hold anybody up, hold up. get stopped by him, please check your paperwork to make sure he's not lying on
4: you. All right, what about, Nick, what about his, his situation? Well, I can tell you that every single case that I have had over the past three years... Has involved a bad stop. I haven't seen a single good stop in any of the misdemeanor prosecutions that that I've represented people on. And uh, lying among police officers is endemic in New York. It's accepted by the courts. The judges know that they're lying. They don't want to do anything about it because if they start to do something about it, and uh, it's going to destroy the ability of the criminal justice system to function. If 25 percent of the lawyers in this city would take cases to trial in the misdemeanor courts, it would completely Paralyze the system. They wouldn't be able to operate. As it stands now, if I don't take an AC, if I'm standing with a client and I think I can get a better offer than the normal ACD offer in one year uh, you know, uh, before they seal it, uh, I, the judge will look up from his paperwork and he say, "Why are you not pleading out this is an ACD offer?" And this is after I've already told the judge that the, that the police officer lied. What I can tell people is that what they should do is, number one, don't make any admissions beyond telling your name and your address Uh, it's a little bit more difficult if you don't have an ID there's no uh, you know but uh, the bottom line is is that what everybody should do on their smartphone is they should download an app that's available from the New York ACLU and it's an arrest record app and there are other ways to to do that on your phone where all you have to do is press one button and the phone will start recording and that is the best defense to a stop that you can have, is to have a recorded record of exactly what happened. And uh, I have a case like that just now that happened in the 34th Precinct uh, where somebody was stopped and uh, they were told that they were stopped for not, having, for not signaling. And then when the, deposition, when the deposition was filed in court, it was completely made up. The reason for the stop, what they found, uh, it was a complete fabrication. But somebody in her vehicle had recorded that. And so now it's a big deal. Uh, and it's important that lawyers, particularly 18B lawyers, who are the, impor- or the appointed lawyers. The court-appointed lawyers. The court-appointed lawyers. And if somebody tells them that a police officer lied, they need to make an issue of it. And I know it's tough. I know that they have to earn a living and that they have a lot of cases and they don't get paid a lot. But, but you know, you can't participate in a, in, a, in a criminal justice system and tolerate police officers lying under oath.
3: No, and I, I would say I also want to open up the phone lines to any police officers who want to call in and give us their f- a viewpoint about how they feel about making these marijuana arrests. one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. 223 9797 That's one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. 223 9797 Do you think it should be legal? Do you think it's time to legalize it across the board? Let us know, yes or no, 1-800-223-9797. Hit us up on Twitter, at Street Underscore Soldiers, at Lisa Evers, hashtag 420. And you know what's coming up on Sunday, June 1st, Summer Jam. It's a Summer Jam hookup, a friend weekend. Win a pair for you, plus a pair for a friend, too. Sunday, June 1st, MetLife Stadium. Party all day with two stages, starting at 2.30 p.m., Festival Village. Street Soldiers will have a booth there. We are going to be unveiling Shoot Baskets, Not Guns. We're going to have at least one NBA star who has signed up already to be with us, and uh, it's going to be awesome. But on the main stage, too, Nas, 50 Cent, Nicki Minaj, The Roots, Wiz Khalifa, Trey Songs, DJ Mustard with YG and Ty Dolla Sign. so many more. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this.
5: The first time you saw a laser level, you were probably a little
0: suspect. Now you wonder how you did without it. At a Red Wing shoe store, we use the latest tools to give you the best fit, like a digital measuring device that not only scans the length and width of your feet, but even gauges pressure points and arch height. And Red Wing offers a 30-day comfort guarantee. It's all part of making sure your boots
8: do their job so you can do yours. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. Little Bo Peep has lost her sheep because someone broke into her apartment and stole all her sheep, not to mention a 50-inch flat-screen TV. Luckily, the Geico Insurance Agency had helped her with renter's insurance and she got full replacement. She has since trained her sheep to do voice impressions of various attack dogs and now feels very safe. Visit Geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Tuna, spring water, and a pinch of salt. Three simple ingredients, one amazing source of goodness. The Bumblebee Tuna Heritage Pack. Join us in celebrating over 100 years of bringing you good and simple. Visit BumblebeeHeritagePack.com right now for the chance to win a retro t-shirt. No purchase necessary. Legal residents of the 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 and over. where prohibited. Sweepstakes ends 5-12-14. For official rules, visit BumblebeeHeritagePack.com.
6: Rosenberg, you ever wonder what we would sound like without our on-air team? Yeah, like one of your Don't Get Gas comedy shows. Huh? (laughs) Just kidding, kind of. But, for real, seriously, our team hooks it up. Yeah, it's not easy to get into the music business without some sick skills. That's why I was talking to my boys at the Institute of Audio Research in Greenwich Village. I was there too, man. IAR's been training successful recording engineers and music producers for over 40 years. Plus, they provide the hands-on experience needed to compete in today's industry. The professional faculty will train you on Pro Tools, Mixing, MIDI, and so much more, including the business side and work with you on career placement. And get this, federal financial aid is available if you qualify. I'm there. Call IAR today. 212-777-8550 or log on to www.audioschool.com
0: IAR has an extraordinary roster of
3: faculty and more than three decades of experience. It has earned an outstanding reputation among leading
7: employers in the music business. Visit audioschool.com for more info.
0: Yeah, you know what it is. Call King Funk Flex. I made it tell you that Sansone AutoMall's having a massive sale on the entire inventory. That's $5,000 off dealer posted price on all makes and models. The Tri-State Volume Leader is 40 acres big. 10 major brands, over 4,000 vehicles. And if you have a job, Sandstone guarantees approval. For over 50 years, Sandstone Auto Mall and SandstoneAuto.com. Big, bold, never undersold. I'm sure people buy cars elsewhere. I just don't know why.
7: At Advance Auto Parts, getting your parts fast is your advance advantage. When you order your parts at advanceautoparts.com, you can pick them up in-store within just 30 minutes. Yeah, that's so fast. We measure it in minutes. Plus right now, you can save $1.50 each by mail on Denso Platinum TT Spark Plugs. That's a savings of up to 12 bucks. Get your parts in minutes, save dollars, only at
0: Advance Auto Parts.
8: Mailing, rebate, void, where prohibited. See store for details. You bought state-of-the-art equipment for your little leaguer and you're wearing your indoor eyeglasses in the glare of the sun to watch him play? Was that Ben? Next time, experience Experio UV, superior polarized sun lenses, and experience the difference. And a boy, Ben! They eliminate
4: 100% of blinding reflective glare
8: and offer ESPF 50+, plus the maximum UV protection available.
4: Ask your eye care professional about
8: Experio UV, superior polarized sun lenses, in your prescription.
4: How'd I do, Dad?
8: For the best Vision under the sun. Hi, welcome to State Farm.
6: What's up?
4: Hi, I want to switch to State Farm, but my husband has a hard
1: time letting things go. He's stuck in the 90s.
8: As if. Well, if you do switch to State
0: Farm, I can save you 500 bucks. 500 bucks? Raise the roof? Switch to
6: State Farm for your auto insurance and you could save on average 500 bucks. Call 1-800-STATE-FARM and get to a better state. Average household savings based on 2012 National Survey of new policyholders who reported savings by switching to State Farm. Would you wait a week for your shower to get hot?
8: (laughs) Would you wait up to a week to feel maximum relief from your nasal congestion? Nasacort Allergy Nasal Spray could take that long. But if you're congested now and you want powerful relief now, Afrin No-Drip starts working in seconds (sighs) and keeps Working for 12 hours. So why wait up to a week for maximum relief from your nasal spray Uh -uh. when you can start to get relief in seconds with Afrin? (sighs) Afrin, powerful congestion relief without the weight. Use as directed.
2: Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This This is Styles P, the Ghost, and this is Street Street Street
0: Soldiers. With Lisa Evans, real
8: issues, real politics, and real real people. people. Only on Hot
0: 97. Yeah, Yeah. Ghost Ghost told told you so.
3: so. Yeah. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter at LisaEvers, at street underscore soldiers, hashtag 420. We are talking about legalizing marijuana. Is it time for it to be legal around the country, recreationally and medicinally? Or are you completely and totally opposed to it? Are you a law enforcement officer who's had to make marijuana arrests? We'd like to know what you have to say about this. Are you somebody with a former substance abuse problem? And maybe you started out with marijuana. We'd like to hear that. Have you been using it and you feel that it helps you? We'd like to hear that story as well. one eight hundred two two three. 223 Ninety-seven, ninety-seven. our guest in studio casey gain McCalla. he was arrested for marijuana in 2007 lost his teaching job now he's a musician and journalist a recording artist signed to dubshot records we're going to hear some of his track later on and the show also with us is nick hentoff He's a criminal defense and civil rights trial attorney and founder of Criminal Justice Advocates, Inc. He's a lifetime member of the Normal Legal Panel, that's the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. And uh, let's go to some tweets over there. Drew, Dominican Drew, what's going on?
7: Yeah, we got some tweets um, from Radar over here saying, Happy 420, uh, New York and New Jersey needs to legalize weed because herb is the healing of a nation and alcohol is the real destruction. Then we have another tweet from Daniel P underscore thirty one saying if they legalize weed, would they then release every person from jail who's been charged for weed? Oh,
3: that's a good question too. What about that? Nick Hentoff, attorney, if if the uh if it's legalized, the people that have been that are actually doing time for it don't get the no,
4: because any kind what, of a break. Right? What they're talking about is legalization of personal possession of marijuana. That small amounts of marijuana. The people that are doing the hard time are the people that are doing it for amounts that are over hundred pounds. Uh, I don't know exactly what the exact cutoff is in the in the federal system in New York. It varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but it has to be a lot of weight before the feds will prosecute. Most of the anything below 100 pounds, even 50 pounds, will be referred to state prosecutors. And like I said, the legalization laws, for the most part, only legalize personal use of small amounts of marijuana. And the people that are doing the time are the people who are, uh, you know. Moving a lot of weight. Yes. Allegedly. Or, or they
3: were convicted of, or proven to have, be, have been moving yeah, a and lot of weight.
4: What's happening now is that uh, President Obama and Eric Holder, the Attorney General, the United States Attorney General, they're, they're, they're talking a lot about the need to reduce uh, sentences and they're talking a lot about the need to uh, redo the laws so that they're more fair to people. But the reality is that Eric Holder has the authority to direct how the U.S. Attorney's Office's charge cases and whether they uh, impose a uh, a, a mandatory minimum because somebody is supposedly a career felon. The way the law is written, people who have minimal involvement in, in trafficking crimes wind up being charged as career criminals Uh, And uh, they wind up getting these uh, uh, really bad, uh, severe sentences. And federal judges all across the country have been criticizing the Obama administration for the sentencing policies, the charge, not the sentencing policies, the charging policies in individual U.S. attorney's offices. So he needs in aside from giving speeches, what he needs to do is he needs to go down to all the U.S. attorney's offices and he needs to review what they're doing and he needs to kick some ass. Alright,
3: 1-800-223-9797 uh, Let's go to Mike from Westchester. Mike, hi, you're on Hot 97 Go right ahead.
7: Hey, how are you doing, Lisa? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Um, so the whole thing I'm trying to get at is, uh, that now New York has some of the highest tax rates in the country. Uh, we all pay a lot. We all have to work a lot. And I feel like marijuana is, uh, untapped source for us. Uh, Colorado in the first month of recreational sell netted a million dollars in the first month. Now, Grant, maybe it's just like, oh, you know, it's open, it's hyped up. Let's all go, you know, let's go check it out. But either way that money to be so useful, not to mention, yes, like uh, he was saying, um, the highway movers, it costs, now this is just rough, I'm not sure if this is, you know, the right number, but I think it costs around a couple hundred dollars a day to keep an inmate in a prison. Now, if we were to stop that, if we were to not have that many inmates and we have that much money in, one, we're saving money by legalizing marijuana, and two, we're making a good profit for the on taxes on it and i think that's just money we could use at this moment
3: all right let's see what our guests have to say about that mike from westchester thank you very much for the call let me bring in ethan nadelman right now from the drug policy alliance ethan thanks for being with us
8: sure my pleasure
3: we have, we appreciate it we're talking about as you know the legalization of marijuana and particularly in new york state what do you see happening here
8: well, right, right now there's a bill to legalize medical marijuana in New York, and it's a bit odd because medical marijuana is now legalized in every state in the Northeast except for New York and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is far more backward than we are. So I have to say, you know, running a national drug policy reform organization out of New York and my state being the only one in the Northeast apart from Pennsylvania – that hasn't yet legalized medical marijuana is a bit embarrassing. The state assembly led by the Democrats had been quite supportive and they're willing to put through a good bill. The problem really has been the uh, this Republican leadership in the Senate and the extent to which the Republican leadership is under the thumb of the head of the conservative party in this state, who's an old, you know, old-line drug war ideologue. The other problem has been uh, Governor Cuomo, who has been modestly more supportive this year than he has been in the past. He, he introduced his own kind of proposal to try to resuscitate a 30-year-old law so people could start getting medical marijuana from hospitals, and he's been tentatively supportive of the bill that the assembly is trying to get to his desk. So I'd say there's a pretty good chance that medical marijuana gets legalized this year in New York, uh, but we, you know it's all we won't really know till June.
4: The only the only problem is is that the medical marijuana bill only provides that medical marijuana can be dispensed through 20 hospitals. So the yeah, that,
8: that's not the bill actually. That is the proposal by the governor. The bill itself, which we've been deeply involved in drafting and lobbying and organizing support for around the state, actually allows for dispensaries to be set up around the state and to do it somewhat like it's being done in a range of other states around the country. That,
4: that, that's, that's correct. And, um, in fact, you know, hopefully that version of the legislation will go through as opposed to the governor's proposal. But I would like to, I would like to congratulate you because your organization has, in my opinion, been the most effective public policy advocacy organization in the United States over the past hundred years. What you've been able to accomplish over a short period of time is is, is, is mind-blowing. I, I remember in the 1990s in Arizona looking forward and thinking to myself, what's going to happen? I would never have imagined that your organization would have been so successful in what you're doing. So my congratulations to you. Yeah.
8: Well, I appreciate that. You know, part of the key on this thing is, you know, we are not a pro-drug organization. We're against the drug war. We basically believe that the criminal justice system and, and criminalization plays too great a role in drug policy. We do think we need to reduce the role of criminalization and the criminal justice system as much as possible in drug control, while still at the same time still protecting public health and public safety. So we're working on the marijuana reform issue here now in New York, but you know we work deeply on reforming the old draconian Rockefeller drug laws, and won some major victories with that. We uh, pushed through the law that allowed uh, sterile syringes to be sold in pharmacies in order to reduce HIV. We got through the law uh, so that people who witness an overdose can call 911 without being afraid that the cops would bust everybody. So it's really working on trying to treat addiction as a health issue and reduce the role of the criminal justice system.
3: And, Ethan, what about any, any statistics for us or any perspective for us on who gets prosecuted under these drug laws in New York State? Is it disproportionately oh, well, I mean, any, I mean, any segment you know, of the population? The
8: crazy thing was that New York was one of the 11 states in the United States that had decriminalized the possession of marijuana back in the 70s. Yet by the 90s, nineties early 2000s, under, under First Giuliani and then Bloomberg, New York City became the marijuana rest capital of the, of the country, if not the world. And so we, working with a range of others, including an organization called VOCAL, uh, really pushed for reform of these laws and change in police practices. What you saw was remarkable. If you randomly stop 100 black kids, 100 brown kids, and 100 white kids in New York or any neighborhood in America, roughly the same percent will have marijuana in their pocket. In fact, the black kids might be a little less. But in every city in America, and especially in New York, you see the black kids are getting arrested at three to ten times the rate. Yep. You know, and everybody just sort of gets that that's not fair. Same thing with the drug laws. It was when we got started, ninety four percent of the people being sent to state prison for violating were African American. You know, we're African-American or Latino. That's right. right. All right, Casey, you
3: wanted to jump in here.
8: Yeah, I think
0: in New York City, it's 10 to 1. So even though in New York, white people smoke marijuana at the same rate, probably a little more than black people, it's a 10 to 1 uh, arrest rate ratio. So that's basically Jim Crow enforcement of the law. So basically, the message is it's okay for white people to smoke marijuana in New York. But if you're a person of color and you're poor, and you're urban, we're going to arrest you for it. So it seems like the enforcement of the Bloomberg Giuliani enforcement of the marijuana laws seem just to have police quotas to kind of fill the prison, the prison industrial system, because what happens is, say you're a kid, right? You're a 17-year-old kid. You get busted for weed. I was talking to them kids when I was in Central Book, and they send you to Rikers. When you go to Rikers, you're going to need to join a gang if you don't get beat up. So you might be a good kid coming in, 16, 17, you're coming out you're a criminal. The next time, each charge you get, they're going to add more. Like when I, was in, um, when I was arrested, I didn't need to go to Rikers because I had a clean record. But if someone might have had a you know, pissing in public, trespassing, they send you to Rikers. So then you miss weeks. And that, again, yeah, then you got to Yeah, if you have a job,
3: it. you lose your job, school, you, you, yeah. you have problems with school. Um, Ethan, let me, let me, before we let you go, if people want more information about your organization and also this move to uh, legalize medical marijuana in New York State, where can they find you?
8: Yeah, just go to drugpolicy.org uh, or call our main number, 212-613-8020, and uh, there's all sorts of ways to get involved. We we need all the help we can get, but we're really building a movement in the state and around the country and even internationally.
3: All right, thank you so much for being with us, Ethan Nadelman, Drug Policy Alliance. Our website is drugpolicy.org. Thank you very much for being with thank us. Thank you. We, we appreciate it. And uh, how are we doing on Twitter?
7: Um, We have a tweet from uh, Miss Choice of New York City. She's a fan of the show. She's always listening. And she says that if weed is legal, not only will smokers benefit, yet drug dealers will have a legit job now, finally.
3: All right, let's go to uh, Tessa from Long Island. Tessa, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
6: Hi, good morning. Good
3: morning. Thanks for hanging out for so long.
6: Uh, Of course. I just wanted to mention that I think that the legalization... I want the legalization of marijuana to happen because I was a heavy marijuana user throughout high school and all throughout college. I graduated 11th in my high school class and maintained a 4.0 all throughout college while being a huge pothead, and I really, I really don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, never got addicted to any kind of hard drugs. I don't think that it's a gateway drug. I and mean, I think it's ridiculous that people are out here still getting arrested and getting themselves in trouble when they're just hanging out and smoking one.
4: All right, Tessa, thank you very much for the call. You know, uh, Tessa, the other, there's somebody else who was a regular user of marijuana in high school and who's done pretty well, too, and that's President Obama and he's become a lot more uh, active in terms of talking about the realities of marijuana use and the fact that it's not going to it's sh- uh, you know it shouldn't be a schedule 1 uh drug it's not the same i'm holding a copy of schedule 1 of the dea regulations and uh marijuana is listed with heroin lsd um uh ecstasy uh you know and 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 they have uh, methamphetamine and cocaine below marijuana. Now that's insane. That's crazy. That's insane. And and uh, President Obama and Eric Holder have the power uh, uh, to to, uh, to really have an impact. And they just have to have the courage to do that. Now that they're in their second term.
3: All right. And I just I want to mention, in case you're just joining us, that we did reach out to opponents of legalizing marijuana. We were unable to have them on the show. We've been asking for people with calls. We are not doing a commercial for marijuana. And also, we want you to know that uh, despite all the talk and how widespread the use is, it's still illegal. In um, most states for recreational use in the United States, so you are you know ha- will have to deal with legal legal consequences, so we want to make sure everybody understands that, especially our newer listeners now Nick, let me ask you this the uh, you just if we could do like a, a quick one two three here sure. if you're, you're walk- you walk you go through a situation like Casey where you're stopped and they ask you what's in your pockets, what are your rights or, and practically what should you do with dealing with the cops
4: what you, what's your rights are and what the police do are two different things. Well,
3: what, let's, let's no talk way on, about practical. No way, like,
4: well, what I'm trying to get at is that there's no way on the street to enforce your rights. It's not going to happen. You can if you can vocally assert your rights. That doesn't mean the police officer is going to recognize it and say, "Oh, I'm sorry." So keep your mouth shut. Well, yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely no upside to talking to the police at all. Period. Except what you're required to do. Um, and you know what you what you should do is don't make any admissions. Be polite and. Uh, If you can, record the conversation. (laughs) Right, and you don't
3: need a lot lot of phones. You can just do that automatically. You can do it
4: with one button if you set it up right. And if you know that you're going to be... So most people can tell if somebody's approaching them. And, you know, if you have your phone in your pocket, you can press a button and start recording. If you're in a car, you should always do it. There should be no excuse for not doing it, because that's your only protection when it comes down to saying who's, gonna, who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. The other thing, in terms of when police officers lie in court, when they file false affirmations which are punishable, uh, which are uh, illegal in New York, it's a criminal offense for a police officer to file a false deposition, is that there's a way to verify that, but you have to do it quickly. And within 60 days, the police department will maintain the CRT or computer terminal records from the patrol car, and they'll also maintain the radio traffic. And if you file a request within 60 days with the police department, you can preserve that radio traffic and the computer terminal transcripts of what they said and did immediately prior to your stop. So if they say that they stopped you, as in a recent case that I had for almost sideswiping a livery cab, and in reality they told you that they stopped you for not making a turn signal that information of what they actually did or what they actually said they were going to do may very well be in the, in the police record but it's only there for 60 days most people don't talk to their lawyer for, you know, for any sit down and have a meeting with their lawyer within 60 days if the lawyer's court appointed but that's, an, that's a right that people have to assert
3: all right, and then and your best advice is say as little as possible and record as much as possible. yes, okay, basically it sums it up all right, I wish we had more time i 'm sorry to Brian Kevin, Bobby, big Stone, Mike Griff, everyone else that 's on hold. On our uh, hotline at 1-800-223-9797, we're out of time. We're not going to be able to get to your telephone calls. But I want to thank all of our guests for being with us. Earlier in the show, we heard from Evan Neeson from uh, New Jersey Normal. We also heard from Ethan Nadelman from drugpolicy.org. And also we heard from Patrick Moen, former DEA agent who now works for Privateer Holdings. And also in studio with us, Casey Gain McCalla, recording artist and and journalist, former teacher, Nick Hentoff, criminal defense and civil rights trial attorney, founder of Criminal Justice Advocates, lifetime member of normal, the uh, Normal Legal Panel. And, and Lisa, Nick, what's the, the website? Uh, thank you.
4: <laughs> the website for that is C-J-A-Inc, cjainc.org.
3: Okay, cjainc.org. If you want to look into more of the legal issues that Nick's been talking about and other aspects of this, CJA Inc. And I want to thank my whole crew here at Hot 97, executive producer Tone Capone, our digital director, busy revamping lisaevers.com, Survive the attack. Ready for the next level here. Thanks to Jeffrey Thacker and the whole digital team at Hot 97. Associate producer, Angelique Tyree. Production assistants, Amber Ravenel. Our production supervisor, the one and only Andrew Varis, a.k.a. Dominican Drew, as he calls himself. And our board op technical support, the one and only TJ. Check me out on lisaevers.com. Twitter, at LisaEvers. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. Google Plus, Lisa Evers. Fox 5 News at 6 and 10 tonight and during the week, 5, 6, and 10. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. And before I say goodbye, we're going to go out with I Got That Weed by Nightblade here. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace.
0: I should have never let Angie Martinez play video games. If she doesn't get back to work, we're going to lose our show.
3: Come on, man. Go to the right. You see him right there. He's right in your face, you stupid. Are you still here? What are you, the game police? Playing forever. Forever until this mission is over, until somebody
2: kills me dead.
0: No. Okay, you have to kill her. Watch out for the same Literally? Thing. No. I mean, what else I got I mean in the game. Yes. Every Monday night, 1030 VH1. This is Hot 97.
6: Made hot by Mix Fusions Moscato. Get in the mix.
0: A
2: cop with a